Welcome to the Heather Penny Podcast, where our goal is to help you reach your potential by increasing clarity, building confidence, and engaging courage. Dr. Heather Penny is a leadership coach, trusted advisor, and admired author. I'm Christina Morales, a writer and marketer, and Heather is my dear friend, and she's my coach. So today we're going to continue with part three of our marriage partnership series, and we're going to talk about the baggage we bring into it. So Heather, I want to start with something fun. It's almost (laughs) Valentine's Day, and I love getting to know you better. So for our (laughs) Valentine's Day question, who was your celebrity crush in junior high or high school? Oh boy, this is totally going to date me, really date me, but... There was a show on called The Six Million Dollar Man. And I can you remember it? Do you remember it, Christina? Okay, yes. good. I don't feel quite as old because <laughs> I don't even think most people have heard of it. But I want to say his name was Steve Austin on the show. Yeah. I can't remember. Was it? Okay. Yeah. I just thought he was so cute. And basically he was so busy saving the world, but everything he could do, uh, I just was like, oh my gosh, that guy is amazing. And then I found <laughs> myself like, Christopher Reeves in, in Superman. Oh yeah. So I definitely was drawn to these really powerful superhero and really honestly unrealistic. <laughs> <laughs> so that just shows my, uh, probably my, my youth and my desire to have someone that I was involved with that, that I could just, uh, kind of hero worship. <laughs> That's so funny. Or maybe you just yeah, needed someone to step in and save the day, rescue you. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> but now we are strong women and we know how to rescue ourselves. So there that's you go. right. That's right, man. <laughs> Don't mess with me. Have you heard of that book, The Paper Bag Princess? No. It's really good. It's a cute book. I highly recommend it, but it's about this young girl, this princess who uh, falls in love with this prince and he comes to rescue her when she gets stolen by the dragon. And then he decides he's too tired and doesn't want to come rescue her. And she goes, <laughs> I'm going to rescue myself and then I'm going to go rescue him. And then she shows up to rescue him and he goes, she goes, Oh my goodness, you're so lazy. You couldn't even rescue me. I'm not even going to try and rescue you. And like <laughs> at the end of the story it's the funniest twist on the, the princess who gets rescued. I always love to read it in front of a uh, groups to just remind everybody, everybody owns their own power here. <laughs> I love that. I love that. My daughter's so into Marvel and she wants to be a superhero. I'm like, yeah, you go do it, girl. You will save the world. That's right. (laughs) Perfect. Well, um, we're talking about marriage and we've had such a great series. So if you haven't heard the uh, previous episodes, go back on our podcast and listen to those. Um, And today we're going to talk about the baggage we bring into it. So here's the thing I realized we don't know our home or our family was funky until we get older and we get married. Like every family has their nuances, but they seem normal because that's all we know. That's all we grew up with. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the differences or issues that you had early on in your marriage, Heather? (laughs) Oh, that's a really light, easy question to answer. (laughs) You know, start off soft and, you know. (laughs) Well, I think for us, it was really interesting. I grew up in a very, um, a solid uh, home where the, my mom and dad stayed married and that's all I knew. And he grew up in a home where the marriage uh, broke down when he was age five and his dad left. So I think we thought there were obvious baggage because his were very obvious, you know, like emotional abandonment or mm. um, emotional intimacy or just, you know, what we grapple with is children of divorce. And I think I, mine was a little bit more hidden, to be honest. 
because I couldn't see it. I couldn't point anything. And I think one of the things I've learned, not only in our own marriage, but as I work with every marriage, (laughs) I just say every one of us has baggage. Some of us are more overt and it's easier to see. And some of us are a little bit more covert, but you might as well make peace with the fact that we bring some false beliefs into the marriage that we want to, we're going to need to grapple with at some point. And marriage has the opportunity to teach us and to give us that opportunity to become better humans (laughs) if we let it and we let it guide us into uh, seeing the reflection of ourselves and the other person. So I think for me, my personal baggage came out more with, um, I think, a fear of equity. You know, there was a much stronger uh, hierarchy in the marriage that I witnessed in my, my parents' marriage. And so I brought in our marriage a bit of a feistiness of nobody's going to tell me what to do. <laughs> right. And that was never his intent. You know, it was more of this sense of, I don't know where this is coming from. We've always had an equal partnership. And then I realized, oh, I'm bringing in some of these false beliefs because I I witnessed some of this in my parents' marriage and it worked for them. I'm not putting that down. Every marriage has their own thing. I just knew what I wanted and I wanted much more of an equity. So I think that was some of the baggage I brought that I had to kind of work through in our, in our marriage to make sure that it was, it was really the marriage we wanted. And that's where I give respect to every single marriage out there you get to have the marriage you want and we don't have to judge other marriages. We don't have to put them down. We do get to learn from one another, but for the most part, if you can stay in that space of, I, I get to have the marriage that I want and I get to be a part of creating it with another human being. The, the basic commitments have to be there in place of we love each other. We're committed to one another and we're committed to learning from one another. From there, you can build the relationship that you want. Mm -hmm. And it makes me think of, maybe the generational baggage that we have too, where you have like the 1950s expectation of the little housewife in pearls. Yeah, And that's yeah. not realistic today. You need two incomes to survive. Or in California, you need two incomes to pay that mortgage, <laughs> to pay right. college, private school, all of those things. And so the expectations of the past, they just don't fit in today. And the marriage that our parents had, like my mom worked part-time because um, mm-hmm. my dad had his own business, but it's hard because the roles have changed and evolved and we kind of have to also. Well, I'm so glad you brought that up because that was an issue in our marriage. Mm -hmm. And I basically said, I'm not giving up my career. And I thought having kids meant that I had to kind of give up my sense of self. Mm -hmm. Um, So we waited 10 years and then we had kids and I felt that old feeling, that fear come up that I'm just going to now be um, at the mercy of the home. And that wasn't what I wanted, ever wanted for my life. And again, this isn't to put anyone else down who does stay home. It's just Mm -hmm. letting yourself have the life you want. And the funny thing is I, Darren said, oh, I'm fine staying home. So he stayed home for a couple of years while I was the breadwinner. And then I realized, what am I doing? I want to stay home. (laughs) Really? (laughs) So once I, once we kind of took that fear out of our marriage, we got to toss the ball back and forth and just, and just keep talking about what are we each feeling? And I remember coming to him saying, my kids were three and five at the time. And I said, I think I'm done working full time. What do you think about switching roles? And he goes, yeah, actually, I'm ready to get back out in the workforce. Let's do it. Wow. So we switched roles. And then I was home full time for a couple of years when that was in a critical time. And I loved it, enjoyed it. And then I realized, yeah, I'm ready to go back in the workforce. And so we started our own kind of our careers as they got a little older full time. 
probably when they're closer to uh, junior high and high school, uh, each mm-hmm. of us opening our own companies. And so it, it was never one way or one size fits all. The, mm-hmm. the, the dialogue just had to stay open to say, how are you feeling today? How are you feeling this year? What is it that we need to do? And what's your gut telling you that you might need for your role as the parent or your role in the career, career world? career world. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) And Heather, you always put a positive spin on things. Um, In fact, this week you posted an image of all of these birds flying around the air because you wanted to share their beauty and you saw nature at its best. And the only thing I thought of was don't look up, they're going to poop on you. (laughs) And so I say baggage and it's negative. And I know that you would probably say something like, it's not baggage, it's your experience. So share with me what the true belief should be. Don't call it baggage. What's the answer? What's the right word? It's, you know, that's a good question. It's, it's probably baggage if you're avoiding it. Oh, okay. It's it's an opportunity for life, life lessons, life change, life transformation, if you're facing it. Hmm. So I guess in all reality, we do bring baggage. It's what you do with it. That makes it work for you or make it makes it work against you. So Mm -hmm. clearly, you know, what I'm always trying to go for is let's get this working for us. And we've never arrived. I think the most dangerous thing we can do is say, oh, I got this now. Mm -hmm. And I've done that. And it's backfired on me. And I think as I age, my hope is to be much more (laughs) intentional, self-aware and catch myself quicker when I start to feel like, oh, I got this because that's still a pull. Uh, that you think you might have something in your marriage when you really don't, you have to stay curious with one another and you have to recognize this is another human being that is, is constantly evolving and growing next to you as well. So how you check in with each other on a daily basis, a weekly basis, a monthly basis, an annual basis, kind of setting up a a rhythm for connecting with one another is critical because you want to find out how are we each changing and growing who we are today may not be who we were a month ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it's interesting because when, when I first got married, I didn't realize, like, it's hard to identify the baggage, the issues that we have when we get married. And then all of a sudden they come out. So for example, when, um, I was growing up, we never learned how to fight. It was always, let's keep peace in the household. So if right. I didn't like what my sister did, you just kind of swallowed it because you don't want to break the peace in the household. And then when I got married and I would disagree with Vince or we'd have a fight, I'd shut down and I would just like go within myself and literally physically huddle in a corner because uh-huh. I didn't know how to address these feelings. And it took years to realize why I had that reaction and that mm-hmm. it was okay to speak up because mm-hmm. things are going to keep going on. Um, unless we address them and he's not going to know what he did wrong unless I tell him. And so how do we speed this process along? What's the three-step <laughs> program? <laughs> it, it took me years to realize that and to get, and we've been married 20 years now. And so now I feel like, I know he's not going anywhere. He knows I'm not going anywhere. And so, but how do we address these issues that we have? Like, cause no home is perfect. No parents are perfect. Right. So kids are going to have these issues how do you handle them? What do you do? I think one of the things that's helped help me a lot and helped us a lot in our conversations as our marriage is recognizing when something's coming from an adult place and something's coming from a young place. Hmm. And I think once we start separating that, 
And honestly, our therapist helped us quite a bit with some of these conversations because we're like, huh, why am I just screaming and yelling or huddling in the corner or wanting to do fight or flight? Yeah. These are typically these extreme responses are usually typical of something that feels familiar in our younger years that we probably never got resolved. Mm-hmm. So once we got the permission to care for some of these um, earlier memories by just going, oh, yeah, I wasn't allowed to speak up in conflict. Therefore, I didn't really develop the words for it. And I felt powerless and mm-hmm. I felt nervous and scared and shamed. Those are my younger spaces. So that's what's making mm-hmm. me want to cower in the corner. Mm-hmm. The older spaces is the good news is I get to go tell myself this is not your world anymore. Mm-hmm. And this is allows us to move out of victimhood or staying stuck and living out of a woundedness and move into more of our adult space where it's almost like you take your little girl by the hand and say, sweetie, it's okay. It's going to be better. You're in a safe relationship now and you get to learn how to say the words you need. Mm-hmm. And so you're, you're taking your whole self now your younger places and your adult places into the conversation in a loving relationship and saying, Hey, this is hard for me. I'm not quite sure I have the words, but I'm going to try here and, and tell you how I'm feeling scared or hurt or nervous or humiliated or disappointed. And I literally uh, give people an emotional category sheet. And I said, if you could just try and circle the top three, you can get to the heart of what you're feeling mm-hmm. so that it, you don't feel that fight or flight because typically we're getting overwhelmed with our emotions and we just want to um, abandon, <laughs> go AWOL yeah. or fight for our life. These are not really rational responses, which usually is indicative that it's probably some younger spaces, some younger memories that you're getting a little stuck in. And I think if you can just be transparent that your marriage, that has become such a graceful space for us we can see each other. We've known each other long enough that I go, wow, that is an extreme response (laughs) to what I just said. Instead of me reacting to you, which I kind of feel like doing, I will say something like, are you okay? Or is this hitting on something that feels young? That's just a quick response to address what's really going on on the heart level so that we can build our emotional intimacy versus just start lashing out at each other. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, these are helping me so much because even we talked, uh, just last week and I realized that it wasn't Vince annoying me. It was, I was stressed and then his little things were just like, you know, mm-hmm. kind of flicking me and it wasn't him. He was just being him, but right. I was so sensitive because I had so much to do. And then he was adding that one little thing for me more <laughs> to do. And then I would explode. And Normally I would go fool. It's your fault. What are you doing to me? But then I realized, no, I'm stressed out and I'm hypersensitive. So this conversation has been very valuable to me and Vince thanks you. So maybe Vince, will, <laughs> Vince will start sending you flowers. <laughs> I, can't even, I, have a, I can't wait to meet Vince. I haven't even met him yet. <laughs> oh, you'll love him. <laughs> and speaking of Vince, my husband, he grew up in a difficult home And like all of us, he has scars from it. So how do we help our spouses talk about it? How do we address it? I don't want to be nagging and I don't want to be his counselor. I want to be his wife. But, you know, like it can be difficult to tell your husband, oh, I see this problem. How do we address it? And guys aren't as touchy and feely as women are. They're not as in touch with their emotions. So how do yeah. we do that? How do we help our spouses without becoming their mom or their coach? Right. You know, we don't, we want to keep the roles clear. Right. Yeah. That's a great question. Um, 
I think one of the things we have to own in the home is there's only two adults in the home. Mm-hmm. So I'm one adult and he's the other adult and we owe it to ourselves to speak up to one another for each other's sake and for mm-hmm. our kids' sake. So once I hold that true belief, it's this, it's this um, sense of integrity or responsibility to say, once I'm seeing something, it's not a matter of if I'll speak up, it's a matter of how and when. So I think that's been a commitment that we have in our marriage. And I've been so grateful to the times he's spoken up to me. And, you know, there's one earlier on in my marriage. I remember him saying to me, this is really hard and it feels bigger than what we're able to handle. Wow. And it was so loving. I can still remember I was sitting in the living room and I said, I hear you. I hear you. I don't want to weigh us down. What? you know, what's your thoughts on this? Because I think we need some outside help to help us navigate that and make sure that you're getting exactly what you need. And I can say what I need. Mm -hmm. And it was such a beautiful, loving way to handle it. Mm -hmm. You know, and I, I just remember feeling so loved by him, seen by him, cared for by him, but a gentle boundary that said, Mm -hmm. I think if, if we don't talk about what's really going on here, we're going to pull each other down. And I, I don't want to start resenting you. Wow. So I totally got it, you know, and it became um, just a really beautiful space for us where I also returned the favor, you know, years later, I saw a lot of anger and I finally thought, you know what, he did this so loving and graciously to me. How do I do this? Well, and I remember thinking, Uh, He modeled how to love me through it. I want to love him through it. So Mm -hmm. I still remember sitting down with him saying, I love you so much. So it's not coming from a place of heatedness. You know, I was looking for that really gentle space to say, I love you so much. And I'm here for you. And I'm going to be on the, I'm going to be on the other side of this when you get through this. But I do see that you're really angry and I care, Mm. you know, and I think it was just such a sacred conversation. He's like, I hear you. I hear you. And it was so powerful for him to hear that reflection, for him to be able to also give himself that permission to go um, get the support that he really needed in his journey that I couldn't give. And I had to be honest about, but I also had to be honest to say that I, I see that he's hurting and I deeply care. Hmm. And I think that's something our marriages don't know how to do well. They don't know how to say it lovingly. By the time they say it, they're really fed up. you know. And I, I let me just say that with all my fingers pointing back, I don't think I've handled it really well at times. By the time I have the courage to say it, I have been, quote, helping him, quote, helping him. (laughs) I'm doing air quotes, thinking I'm helping him. I'm not helping him. You know, I have come alongside him, try to give him advice or thoughts. None of that is helping. What I needed to do was just to say, I love you. And I'm going to be on the other side of this when you get through this. Mm -hmm. I promise I'm going to be here for you. Mm -hmm. Um, But I'm not the person to help you. And... I want to be your wife in this. And I think that's something that we've learned how to say throughout the years to say, how does, how do I be your wife in this? How do I be your husband in this? Okay. Not your business partner. We, we have plenty of people we can choose for business partners, not mm-hmm. your just general partner in anything. Yeah. I want to be your spouse. And I'm well aware of the fact that sometimes I get it really right. And sometimes I get it really wrong. Sometimes I'm really clueless. So why not just get out ahead of it and ask, what is, what does this look like to be your wife in this? And I've got some thoughts on how I can be your wife in it, but let me run it by you. 
Mm-hmm. And let me tell you what I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. So long answer to that question, but I do think it comes from a very loving, trusting space yeah. and letting yourself put boundaries down in a way that says, we got this. We got this. Mm-hmm. And um, as a parent, how do we help our kids not to carry baggage into their future relationships? And I'm looking to you because my kids are, I should know this, eight and 11 <laughs> and yours are older. And yeah. so they probably said like, mom, when I was little, why did you do this? Why did you do that? I mean, it's inevitable. They're going to say you did this wrong, yeah. but how do we help them? How do we, I mean, it's probably all comes down to modeling, model what you want their lives to look like. Well, you know, I am, I am parenting adults now, young adults. I have an 18 year old, a 16 year old. And I heard myself say this in the car to Darren a couple of days ago. And I just said, oh, I just don't want to see Selah experience any hurt in her life. And we yes. both laughed when I said it because she's moving into dating. She's moving into uh, all the things that she has no idea what's coming <laughs> for her. And I just want to come around and protect her from any heartbreak, from any confusion, from any mistreatment, from anything. And yet I can hear it pulling on my own issues. Hmm. That's not my job to do that anymore. You know, this is become an adult. It's not to, to protect them from everything. It's to start saying, when you encounter pain, I will be there for you. You will be there for yourself. You will get through this. We get to lean heavily into this. That's what I get to model. Not running away from it, not trying to protect her from it, not fearing it. Hmm. She will get her heart broken. You know, she will. I, I wish I wish she won't. I wish she can never experience that. Oh my word, I wish I could take that from her. Yeah. But I think what we have to grapple with is as parents with our children aging, it starts pulling on some of your own junk. <laughs> Mm -hmm. So I get the support I need to grapple with some of the things that I'm grappling with. And that way I can be fully present for my 18 year old to make sure that my baggage doesn't get out with her stuff. And I'm able to stay fully present with her when she encounters hard things, disappointing things, scary things. And I don't try and wave my magic wand or just make it all better. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe I asked this question wrong. Um, I want to know how to build the tower or the bubble to protect them from all pain and <laughs> disappointment and make all of their dreams come true. Can you give me that answer instead? Yeah, I know that's what you were looking for. Don't worry. My mother's heart's looking for that too. <laughs> oh, I, yeah. Like I just look at my little Eden who's eight and she has such big dreams. Her dream is to be on, um, like America's got talent or the voice or something and girl can't sing, but she is. So, um, how do I make all her dreams come true? <laughs> oh, I know. And when is she going to find out that she can't sing? You know, when is that day going to happen? How is she going to handle that? I mean, I can feel the pain with you. And I think even as you're saying, and we're laughing about it, I go, one of the things that has been so kind to me as is other mothers, yeah. because we know that pull. And if we can link arms with some other mother's hearts that say, oh, I desperately want to put them in a bubble, please help help stand with me that this is not the right way. And can I just cry to you and tell you how sad I am that I'm witnessing something with my child that hurts so badly. Um, that way we don't take our pain to our kid. 
because mm. our, our child needs us. Yes, they need to see us transparent with it, but they need our strength as well. Not our strength to be um, defiant against the world or our strength to ignore what's going on. They need our strength to be fully present, to, to weep with us, to tell us when things are hurting. And sometimes that's very hard for me. I don't want to hear her weep because I just want to hear that she's great, you know, and I want to hear her resiliency and she has all of that, but there's dark moments that I need to be there for her and not shy away from it and tell her it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And it, it's going to translate into her marriage one day too, because she's going to see what a healthy relationship is, whether it's a mother, daughter or daughter, father or husband, wife. I'm, that's the basis of a healthy relationship. Right. And she will have a marriage that I don't have. Mm-hmm. I think mothers have to let go of that. It may be better. You know, I don't even want to say better or worse. It's just going to be her marriage. Mm-hmm. So how, how I release what I think she should or shouldn't have in a marriage is a critical part of her becoming the adult she needs to be. So I just kind of stand with uh, open arms and uh, open hands and lots of prayers <laughs> that the right guy comes along that will know her, that will see her, that will treat mm-hmm. her well. And that she will see right to the heart of the matter and not be um, confused or camouflaged by anything that uh, she needs to see in that moment. So I think, but as we both know, you can't see everything in that moment, especially when you're blinded by love. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of stuff usually comes out somewhere around year five or seven or 10 in marriage. And that's where we discover a new sense of uh, skill set, a new sense of resiliency, a new sense of courage and hope. We have to reach for other things in order to move into our marriage and create the marriage that we want. So mm-hmm. it's a journey. We can't, all we can do is be there on the journey for them and support them in the decisions they are making for them, not for us, but for them. Mm-hmm. Well, that's all the time we have for today. What? I know. <laughs> so fun it's five minutes <laughs> I'm talking about my daughter and boy I keep going <laughs> I know six million dollar man and your daughter I mean, we've covered everything important today <laughs> right. man. protecting our daughters oh. <laughs> so join us next week when we talk about the marriage partnership creating a new marriage by setting new rules to create new patterns So please subscribe to the Heather Penny podcast and for questions, comments, and resources, visit heatherpenny.com. Remember to live your best life. You have to live intentionally. Have a great day. We can't wait for you to join us next week. Thanks, Heather. You're welcome. Take care, everyone.